Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. Never give in. Never, never, never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Welcome to the On Point Podcast. This is your host, Luke Elshoff, a first year hailing from Region 8 based in NCFCA. This is a weekly podcast where I'll have a guest on the show and cover something in speech or debate. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to the On Point Podcast. Today I'm joined by Grayson Burson. Now, Grayson has been a part of NCFCA for nine years and has competed in the league for five. She has done a total of 12 speech styles, three debate styles, and is qualified to nationals every year that she has competed. Grayson is the two-time national championship for biblical presentation and has multiple finals level awards for eight different speech events over the past three years. Thank you so much for joining me and also for being the first Region Sixer on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Great. Well, this is your senior year, correct? Or you just graduated, right? Yeah. Right. So what's next for you? Do you have any plans for college or life in general? Uh, yeah, my plan is to go to Cedarville University, um, where I am hoping to get my MDiv in Biblical Studies, as well as doing a bachelor's in theater. Wow, that's, that's some ambitious plans, and I'm yeah, excited yes, for you is. for the, the rest of your life. So throughout your NCFCA career, um, it seems like you've done a lot of interpretations. Uh, would you say that's like your favorite speech style? Absolutely. I do truly love limited preps and platforms too, but interp is by far my favorite. Yeah. And with interpretations, uh, there seems to be like kind of separated from the rest of the speech and debate community. Um, People kind of look at it as more of a drama acting type speech event and they don't really associate it with the rest of speech and debate. So would you say that interps has a valuable place in the debate and speech community and um, did it help you? Oh, absolutely. Um, it helped me a ton in deciding my career going into theater and stuff. Um, but I also think it does play a major role in doing all other speeches or debate styles. Um, to be able to present any kind of speech with a lot of emotion and passion that you learn from an interp is like really crucial to doing any kind of speech or debate. Yeah, of course. So was that kind of like the main struggle for you in biblical interpretations or just interpretations in general, uh, being able to convey the passion and emotion with the story to make it appealing to the people watching? Yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest struggles because you have to figure out how do I convey emotion of a different person, a person that I've never been before to people that I don't know and I don't know how they would approach life. Yeah, and that's definitely something that we're going to get into a little bit later on. Uh, But for the moment, with interpretations, it seems like there's uh, duo and then just open. That seems to be like a whole different uh, species of interpretations. And then we have biblicals. So how would you say biblical presentations differ from the other types of uh, interpretations? Yeah, there's there's a couple of technical differences. Like, obviously, in biblical, you get to have a prop of some kind, whereas for the other ones, you don't. And then biblical you're dealing with the bible and so you're dealing with a totally different genre of writing like when you go to read a book or pick a book for an interp it's going to have a lot of different like 
explanation of characters, explanation of the world that the characters live in, what the characters think, what they like, what they do. The Bible is very matter of fact. It's just like he went there and did this and said that, which is creates kind of a major difference. But it's also really fun to figure out how to work with a biblical versus how you're going to work with a book for an interview. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this year, they're actually removing biblical presentations, as I'm sure you know, and they're replacing it with biblical thematics. Uh, have you looked into thematics? Um, yeah, I have actually actually did a biblical thematic because they had it. Okay. At, it was my second year competing. Um, and I really do enjoy the incorporation of other things outside of the Bible within a biblical thematic. Now, could you go a little bit more deeper into what biblical thematics are? Because it seems to be like kind of a new thing for a lot of people in the league since they haven't been in the league as long as you are. So can you just give us a little brief about what uh, biblical thematics are and what it may look like? Of course. Um, A biblical thematic is basically where you pick a speech based off of a theme, hence the thematic. And then you do Bible passages as well as you can do a different story or a poem or a song or even some of your own um original work and you put those together so i did a biblical thematic several years ago and i did a section from a book as well as two different bible passages and a song and it all is just kind of meant to build around one specific theme right and with biblical presentations you would typically want to have a theme as well right of course yeah if you are picking random bible passages that have no connection it's not going to make very much sense. So you do want to have some kind of theme when you're picking passages. Right. So the real main difference is that you can use outside sources besides the Bible and biblical thematics, and you can kind of piece it together how you like to make it more, well, I guess, different. It's its own style. So I wouldn't say that it's better or worse, but it's just that's the main difference between biblical presentations and thematics that you can use outside sources. So. What, what types of themes would you look for when you are doing a biblical presentation or a thematic? Um, I think it entirely depends on who you are. So the way that I generally look for a theme is <laughs> I ask my mom. She's always very helpful. Um, and then a lot of times it's based off of like, what has the Lord been teaching me in the Bible? Um, what have I been learning about through reading his word? Um, or you could even pick a theme based off of what other passages or what other stories you want to do. So the year that I did Biblical Thematic, I had a story um, from a, di- a totally different book that I really liked and I really wanted to use. And then I used that story to pick other passages based on the theme. So it entirely depends on what you're going through, what the Lord has been teaching you. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as you read a Bible passage and you think, oh, that's a great Bible passage. I think I'll use that theme to create a biblical. That's kind of how it works for me. Right. So is there like a particular style of theme that appeals or does well in biblicals uh, competition wise? And because like, of course, there's so many different themes in the Bible and so many of them, you know, because they're in the Bible, they all have value to us. But certain themes work better than others, I, I guess, in biblicals. So what type of themes do you see that work best uh, competition-wise, like sad things or uh, redeeming things? Just um, what do you see? Most often, redeeming things do well. And things that are applicable to the people that you're going to be talking to. So if 
if I were to get up and give a speech using a couple of Bible passages about how a middle-aged man should parent his children, it's probably not going to work very well because, A, I don't have experience parenting children, and it's probably, if I can't apply it to myself, it's not going to be able to apply very well to the people that are hearing the speech. So, so themes that are applicable to the judges and the audience are really helpful. And then themes that are applicable to yourself, like the way that you feel about them is super helpful. Every single one of the biblicals that I have ever given has been very applicable to my life and the season that I was going through spiritually. And if they're applicable to you, they will convey better to the judges in the audience. Um, oftentimes, redeeming is very, very important. I don't know that I've actually ever heard a super sad biblical. There are a lot of like very common themes, but there are good themes, things like joy, things like thankfulness, things like praise him in the storm, things like abiding in Christ. Um, all of those are super, super simple themes, but they do really well. So like not overcomplicating a theme is a really great way to go about it. Don't try and make it this whole big like, oh, I found this one obscure passage that had the super deep theological theme. And that's not bad, but overcomplicating it can make it confusing and it makes it way less applicable. Right. So typically you get like a lot of common themes with biblical, like you just mentioned, uh, redeeming type themes as well as uh, themes that have joy. So in a biblical presentation room, like if you're judging this, um, you would see a lot of similar themes in the biblical presentations that you judge. So I guess like one of the things that makes a biblical itself stand out, of course, besides the speech is how applicable it is to you. So that's why it's important to find out a uh, theme or a speech that's applicable and important to yourself so that you're able to connect with the characters and deliver in a way that uh, it kind of shows that you're different from the rest of the biblicals, right? Yes. yes. And that also goes to say like with the other interpretations as well, because it's very important to have a connection with the characters in order to build a strong emotional appeal in your speeches so that judges can actually sense that, right? Absolutely. If you're not connecting with your characters, I always like to say, be your character. Don't just say your character lines. If you're not connecting with your characters on some sort of emotional level, you're just going to be standing up there and saying a lot of words. And if you're just saying a lot of words, it's not going to stand out and it's not going to impact your judges. Right. And with biblicals, would you say it's like a better idea to go for a more mainstream story and be able to act it out perfectly well um, or do something a little bit more interesting um, out of the way that people haven't heard so much um, like a unique story or something that's more interesting um, would you say that if you could both act them out perfectly is there really any importance to finding a, a sig well not significant but important story or mainstream story, I should say, that a lot of people have already heard? I think there there's a lot of ways to go about it. I think it entirely depends. Um, doing a mainstream story that most people know aren't familiar with has a lot of benefits because your judges are already going to be familiar with it. The problem is that they're probably already going to be familiar with it, so they might feel like they've probably heard everything they need to hear, and just another high school student coming in and presenting it is not going to be able to tell them much. But if you feel safer or more comfortable or more confident doing a mainstream story, then go for it because that's going to be the best way that you're going to convey the speech. One of the biblicals I did, I did Romans 8. I knew 
nobody that did Romans 8 because it's not a super easy passage to actually act out because there's no dialogue. It's just a straight out monologue on on Romans 8. But everyone that I everyone that heard it was already familiar with the passage Romans 8. And so even though it wasn't a common biblical passage, it was a comfortable passage that everybody knew. And so while it was a further one to choose, everybody was already familiar with it. So it kind of depends on what level you are, like how long have you been doing this, how comfortable you are with acting, and how confident you are, and how are you able to present it. Because you'll have some passages that you try out, and they're super familiar, everybody knows them, David and Goliath, right? Everybody knows the story. Everybody knows how it goes. The problem is that everybody knows the story and knows how it goes. So you either have to give a new perspective or you have to be able to act it out so perfectly that they are no longer comparing it to any other biblical that they have heard on David and Goliath. And that's really hard to do because you really have to do it perfectly for for them to see it in that way. So that's why I guess it would be better to um, unless you feel called to do a mainstream story to find something that's more uh, applicable to you that may be a little bit um, out in the bush that uh, the judges haven't really heard before. Um, but tell me a little bit more about your Romans 8 biblical because that sounds really interesting. How did you make that biblical like uh, an actual speech? Because it just sounds when I read Romans 8, it's very um, it's just text to me. It doesn't seem like anything that you can make a speech out of. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, What's really funny is I chose that passage and I didn't know if I was going to like it because it just felt like a lot of ranting because you're just going on for like several straight minutes and there's no dialogue, there's no characters, there's no acting out. So at the beginning of the season, I didn't want to keep doing Romans 8. I almost dropped it because I was like, it doesn't feel like an interp. It just feels like I'm ranting at the judges. Mm. But throughout the season the lord was gradually convicting me through the passage in romans 8 and it came to regionals and i couldn't give that speech without crying because it was so convicting to me personally so i was connected with the speech and because i was connected with the speech i could get the judges to be connected with the speech and then it was not an easy speech to give and i didn't know how i was going to give it but I would always go to my mom. My mom is my speech coach. She taught theater for like years and years and years. So she's really great. Going to a speech coach or someone else who hasn't seen the speech before and being like, how can I present this in a way that connects with you? Or how can I present this in a way that's not just me giving lines? That's always helpful. Coaching is always helpful no matter how no matter how uncomfortable it can be. It's always super helpful. And so that was kind of how I worked through it. Um, And then I utilized my crop. I had a cloth at the time. And when I got comfortable with the cloth, I could get comfortable giving the speech. Okay. So it was still the text, but you were able to um, just convey the text with much more emotion um, than instead of like a a rambly rant type way. It was just much more um, from the heart, I guess you could say, uh, after you had a new perspective with like the coaches and all that. Yeah. And... It's not a technical change. Like, I didn't do anything to create a character. Um, But it made so much more of a difference when I was actually able to connect to the passage. And sometimes you're just going to have passages that you just don't connect with, and that's okay. I've gone through a lot of biblical passages that I was like, nope, this isn't working. I'm not connecting with it. And that's okay. 
But if you're willing to like make changes to a passage or make changes to the speech as a whole, or even just pray every time you give the speech, Lord, convict me in this way because I'm giving your word and I don't want to just spout it out like a, like, I just don't want to be making noise. And so I would pray like, Lord, convict me. Lord, help me connect with this. And he did. And he was faithful too. But being able to connect with the speech is the best way to be able to give a speech. Yeah. And we were talking about connection a lot. But um, for me, if I were to do a biblical and say I don't feel very connected to um, this story that or the speech that I want to give, then how could I try being more connected? Uh, again, you listed some methods and how you were able to become more uh, connected to the characters. Um, would you just like switch to a different passage until you find one that works for you? Um, again, you said prayer. How would you go about it? Um, so if you're doing a, a passage that has characters, uh, like for example, in my biblical for this year, I had several different characters. And at the start of the season, I just wasn't clicking with the characters. I would encourage character development. That is my favorite part of doing an interpretation speech, which is basically where you sit down and you take a pen and a piece of paper and you write out, what is this character feeling in this moment? Give a background to this character. Give it a backstory. Give the character emotions and thoughts and feelings beyond what the Bible writes for. And because it's an interpretation speech, there's a lot of liberty and you can you have a lot of freedom to give this character whatever you think. So for my passage with the Samaritan woman, I made her a Southern woman. Does the Bible specify that she's a Southern woman? No, but I was able to give her a whole backstory that gave her character within the speech. And it doesn't matter if nobody ever hears this backstory. The point is that you're giving this character more character. You're giving this character some life that it doesn't originally have. And that'll make it feel more lifelike and less like a 2D words off a page. Yeah, so connections is informing connections is a much more personal thing than it is technical. It's something for yourself. And once you establish that connection between yourself and the characters that you're going to give a speech on, it's not so much the actual speech when you give it, but how you prepare yourself before you give the speech that gives it that that connection, that uh, passion and emotion. Yeah. And another thing you can do is read up on the context of the character. Because sometimes if you're doing just one passage on a character, the Bible will have a lot of other passages that do talk about that character. So you could pick any story in one of the Gospels, and it would probably have a lot of other versions of that story in the other Gospels. So if you go up and read on those, that'll also give you more background for the character, what the character was like, who they were, why they were talking to Jesus, or why their story was actually in the Bible. And being able to create that connection makes a mental click so that you are able to better connect with the character. And sometimes that doesn't work and you just have to switch passages or you have to do something totally different. But that is almost always the best way I have found of creating life for a character. That's amazing. Um, so tell me a little bit about your uh, biblical this year and just your writing process behind it and how you prepared to give that speech. Yeah. Um, so when I was choosing this biblical and picking it and writing it and putting it together. Um, I think the idea actually started with my mom. She's normally the one that gives me ideas for biblicals. But um, I was working through a lot of like sin struggles and stuff where I was trying to do everything on my own. And the point of my biblical was that like none of the women that Jesus encountered 
could do it on their own. It wasn't supposed to be about that, but it was supposed to be about what Jesus did. So the theme originally started with personal conviction in my life and what my mom suggested. After she had suggested the idea of doing, I think the passage she suggested was a woman who washes Jesus's feet. We found a prop that I actually really liked. It was just a glass jar and a chain. And we used that prop to pick other passages. And once we had those passages picked, I came up with a title and my title was Encountering Christ. That is the women that encountered Christ. And then I just put it together on a Google Doc and I wrote narrative that was able to pull out the title and pull out the theme. And I struggled a lot with the narrative, my own personal words in the biblical, because I started off by having a lot of similar narration between each passage that explained the story and gave more of the theme, but it all sounded so similar. And so my mom suggested probably halfway through the season to make all the narration the same. I don't know if you've heard the biblical, but every single passage of narration is the same passage of narration. I just delivered it differently based off of the story that I was telling. Uh, And putting all of that together was really hard at first. But then once I put it all together and figured it out and I did character development for each of my characters and I prayed about it a ton and then it all just kind of came together. And by the end of this season, I really loved the biblical. That's great. It's kind of interesting to me how at the start, you, you found a prop that you liked, and then you looked at other different passages of the Bible um, to see how you could fit the prop into it. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, in past years, did you also do that, or did you kind of find the prop after after you had your speech? Um, so there's several ways that I've gone about like writing a biblical and coming up with stuff. Like the first way that I would go about it is like I would pick a theme. So I would decide, oh, I want to do a speech on idolatry or courage or something like that. And then I'd pick biblical passages based upon that theme and organize them into one speech. The second way I could go about it was picking a biblical passage. So I read a Bible story and I was like, oh, I really like this. I should do it as a biblical. And then I'd pick other passages that coincided with that. I'd choose a theme based on those passages. Um, That was what I did last year um my sister had suggested the theme of doing um or the passage of doing elijah and the prophets of baal and i had that passage i picked a theme and then i picked romans 8 and i used those all together now like i said i did choose a prop and then pick a couple of passages for this year i wouldn't suggest doing that because not everybody's gonna be like oh here's a prop now let me pick a theme the best way to go about it is to pick a theme first and then structure your speech around that using the middle passages. Um, and last, the last few years that I've done this, I didn't always have freedom with the broth. It was like it had to be a binder or it had to be the block. Um, and so I didn't have as much freedom in choosing what my prop was going to be. Because they are still doing the different props, um, I would encourage choosing a tool or passages first because once you have those passages, you can choose props that are more specific to a So I had a lot of friends that were doing, I think it was, I can't remember what Bible passage, but it had a very like important prop in it. And so every single one of them could use that specific prop. I also had a friend that had just a roll of name tags as her prop. It was very random and it didn't make sense why it would fit in the Bible, but she was able to use it in a way that it was a really creative prop and she did really well with the Bible. 
So choosing a theme first and then Bible passages is generally the way I would suggest going about it. What would you say is like the significance of props? Because to me personally, I think that props kind of make the speech a little bit more entertaining um, because with other interpretations, the story um, kind of is the entertaining factor. But with biblicals, it can be a lot more dull sometimes just because of the fact that you're um, just acting out parts of the Bible, which in certain cases can be extremely dull. Um, so would you say that's, do you agree with that uh, significance of the prop or what else would you say is significant about the prop, if anything? Yeah, I think the prop does add a lot of like another level of entertainment, because like you said, if we're just reading off passages of the Bible, it can get pretty boring. Um I think the prop is also super significant. It's meant to be a visual aid. So a lot of times people will spend a ton of time on their prop and no time on their speech. Don't do that. What you're supposed to do is use the prop as a visual aid. And so the way that it it should work is it should enhance your speech, but it shouldn't be the only focus of your speech. The speech should be the focus and then the prop should be a help to that. Um, but yeah, it does add another level of entertainment and I think it adds another level of skill. When you can figure out how to use one basic prop, like a cloth or a bottle or a binder or even just a box, and you can figure out how to use that in a lot of different ways, that is a really good skill to have, especially if you're going further into something like acting. But even just being able to like use that to enhance a speech, even though like you wouldn't automatically think, oh, let me use this cloth to be an idol. Oh, let me use this binder to be a knife. Those are not normal things that you would use as a prop. But when you can do that, that really enhances and pushes the boundaries on your interpretation abilities. Yeah, absolutely. And throughout all the biblicals that you've been doing, um, there's not a doubt in my mind that you've encountered some like difficult passages to, to go through. So in those difficult passages, um, either difficult to act out or just difficult theologically, how did you overcome that? Um. If it was difficult to act out, I would generally go to a speech coach and I would ask them for help. Or I would try to come up with a ton of random ideas on my own. A lot of times when we have stories that, or passages that we're trying to act out, we already have some sort of preconceived idea of how that story or passage should look. So if we're doing Daniel in the lion's den, you're probably thinking through either I don't know, the VeggieTales episode you watched on that or some other kind of idea of how Daniel in the Lion's Den should be presented. So what I would try to do is absolutely clear my mind of any kind of preconceived idea of what that passage should be acted out as. Because then you can start with a blank slate of how am I going to best be able to act this out? Because that's kind of the whole point of interpretation is that it's supposed to be your interpretation of it. Um... If it was a really difficult theologically for me to present, um, I would take it to a trusted, I don't want to say advisor, a trusted adult, essentially, and be like, hey, I'm really struggling with this concept in my biblical. Can you help me explain it or help me think through it in a way so that I actually understand what I'm talking about? And sometimes there's just going to be theological ideas or concepts that are not going to make for a good biblical because it's way too deep of a theological concept to explain in only 10 minutes. And so if you have a concept um, that you're really struggling to present, maybe it's a good idea to switch the passage. And if you're like, no, I'm stuck with this passage. I absolutely love it. This is what I want to present. Pray through it 
and do a lot of research on it. We're, we're NCFCAers. We know how to do some research. We know how to Google ideas. So try and figure out what, so I would try and figure out like, what am I actually talking about? Because if I know, then I could probably better explain it. And is this really a theological idea that I do need to be talking about or presenting for this 10 minute speech? Yeah. Um, I'd like to touch on something that you mentioned a little bit earlier that I found really interesting was um, when you talked about preconceived ideas, because that's something that's so true. And I think that we all fall victim to it in some way or another, even if we don't realize it, because um, we all like to have images in our mind of how something looks like. We all have some sort of image in our mind of how Jesus may look like, even if it's not biblical. We all have these images of how these scenes and these, um, these stories play out um, just because it's easier for us to think through. And um, that's really interesting that you kind of brought up how interpretations is your interpretation of it. And right. so you should disconnect yourself from how everyone else looks at it so that you can see how it's firstly easier for you to act out, but also to bring more light to the actual scripture itself and not just what you think of it. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And of course, preconceived notions on a biblical passage is not necessarily a bad thing. If you have an idea about what Daniel and the lion's den would look like acted out, that's great. But I think it's also really helpful and it makes a biblical stand out if it's totally different from what the judges were expecting. A lot of times the interps can be presented exactly as how the judges would expect. Like I had a lot of friends do a passage in Esther. They would do the story of Esther. It's a great story. I think it's wonderful. I absolutely love it. But they would present it exactly the way the judges would expect them to. And they would be like, trust God living in hard times. That's not a bad theme. It's not a bad topic. But if you can come up with something that totally gets rid of any other idea that you originally had or any preconceived notion of a Bible story, or you can even pull a theme that the judges aren't expecting or didn't think of, then you're going to really stand out because the judges are going to think through wow, I have never seen the story of Esther presented in that way or with that theme or with that idea. And that is actually going to really help competition-wise as well as just you gave them a different way to think about the Bible. That's never a bad thing. Yeah. And then the second thing that you brought up, like with the theological difficulties part, you talked about how sometimes if it's a little bit too difficult theologically for you, it's kind of hard. The concept is hard for you to get over, or even if it's just a really complex topic that you can't explain in 10 minutes, maybe you should switch the topic. But in times when you do encounter these uh, theological type um, uh, concepts that are hard for you to grasp, um, have you ever uh, like become, have you ever deepened your relationship with God through these um, theological uh, hardships and have you found light as you're trying to present these speeches? Oh, absolutely. At the end of the day, the biblical is about memorizing passages of the Bible. And it's really hard to go for four or five months reciting these passages of the Bible with an open heart and not feel some sort of difference in your relationship with the Lord. So, yes, there have been a ton of times where I was giving a biblical for a season and I just like I grew deeper in my relationship with the Lord because I'm reciting his word all the time um I don't know that I can think of a specific like theological concept or idea that I specifically grew closer to him over but the whole idea of presenting bible passages 
constantly and memorizing them and being able to give them to audiences all the time, that in and of itself is going to help you grow closer to the Lord. Yeah. And so with biblical presentations, what would you say makes a successful biblical presentation um, for you, but also competition-wise, what makes something stand out? I think we've touched on this a little bit more, but what is like a good way to impact it? Um, just a speech, would you go over just the biblical um, passages and then not provide a conclusion at the end? And would you just let the passages speak for themselves? Or would you add some of your perspective at the end? Just how, what would you say makes a successful biblical presentation for you? Um, there's a couple of things. Like I've talked about, being able to connect with your passages and with your audience. If you're not connecting with your biblical or with your audience, there's not going to be any impact and it's probably not going to succeed very well. Um, for me personally, like if I'm judging a room of biblical, the way that you use your prop really matters to me. Are you using your prop because you want my focus to be entirely on your prop? Or are you using your prop because you understand it is a visual aid and your speech is what matters? I would say that a prop should always be used as a visual aid because the speech is what should be the focus. Um, another part of like what a successful biblical would be for me is how well did you use your own personal narration, like your words? Because you have 350 words that you get to add. And how well did you use that? Some people start off their speech with narration. Some people just jump right into the biblical passages. I'm a jump right into the biblical passages, but I think it's really great to start off by giving an explanation. Um, but if you aren't using your words well, you have 350 words to do what you want with. And if you weren't presenting your theme well or impacting the passages well, that's not going to succeed very well because the Bible is confusing. And we need someone to be like, here's the theme you should pick out from this, or here's what you should take away from this passage. And if a competitor is not doing that well, they're probably not going to succeed. Those are probably like the three things that for me would make a successful biblical. Um, but also, everybody is going to give a biblical totally differently. And different perspectives are also really important for succeeding in a biblical. I had a friend who did a biblical that was based off of David and Goliath, but she made it really entertaining because she stuck it into the Wild West. Without changing any of the words, she simply changed actions and the way that she said things. She made it a very entertaining and hilarious speech. But I've also seen people do biblicals where you were supposed to cry by the end of the speech. There's a lot of different ways that people are going to do a biblical. So finding out what works best for you and how you are going to best connect with your passages. That's probably what would make most successful biblicals for me. Yeah. Well, that's uh, some great insight. And now as we start to close, um, I have one final question for you, or I guess two. So what would you say you've gained from biblical and what would you say people should expect if they're going to do it? Um, the one most obvious thing that I've gained is I've gotten to memorize passages of the Bible. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how well you do any biblical, you are not losing anything by memorizing passages of the Bible. Um, another couple of like more tech technical things that I learned Um like we talked about, I learned how to give life to characters that don't always have life. Um, I I learned how to give new perspectives on things because, like we talked about, people have preconceived notions. But if you can give a good perspective on something, that's really helpful. And then 
what people should expect. A, expect some hard things. Biblical is not always an easy topic, and that's okay. But you have to expect some sort of struggles. Um, don't expect for it to click right away. It's not a book. People are comfortable reading a book out loud. It's not always easy to just read the Bible out loud with passion and with a lot of connection to the passages. Um, so expect it to be difficult at first. And then I would expect some conviction. Now, this is not going to happen to everyone, but if you were truly giving the biblical all the time with an open heart and wanting to hear what the Lord is teaching you, you're probably going to be convicted in some way. And I think it's good to expect that and anticipate that. Great. Well, thank you so much for all of your thoughts and your insights. I definitely learned a lot and I hope that whoever's listening learned a lot as well. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode. I would really appreciate it if you could rate or follow this podcast. It really does go a long way. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or just want to keep up to date, you can follow my Instagram at onpointpodcast underscore. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you in the next one.